So first things first, Maya. How are you? I'm good. I'm been busy this week, but I'm good, and I'm excited to be in Amsterdam. Mm -hmm. That's very good to hear. So. <laughs> Before we get into the music that you've been making lately, mm -hmm. I'd like to jump back to the beginning. Now, you obviously like music, mm -hmm. but you also like to draw. I do. You also yeah. like uh, to do a whole bunch of other yeah, things. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what came first? What, was it music? Music was the first thing mm -hmm. that, that happened. Um, I started playing violin when I was six years old. and. My mom signed me up from lessons, and I did not want to play the violin. And eventually, I went over to the cello, and I found singing. But cartoons are actually where MXM Tunes started. I, I mixed my initials with cartoons and posted on Instagram when I was 11 to try and gain a following based off of my drawings that I was doing at that time. And uh, But eventually, I used the name for my song covers and doing YouTube videos and stuff like that. And that's how MXM Tune became a thing. <laughs> As a creative outlet, that mm -hmm. transition from drawing to singing or, mm -hmm. or yeah, be, being kind of the center of yeah. attention in a way, what was that like for you? I and mean, you were still quite young, oh, I suppose. It was really weird. I think, you know, when I was 12, I was like, I'm going to be a YouTuber <laughs> when I grow up and I'm going to make videos for, you know, my job. And, and then that dream kind of died when I was 16 years old. And I ended up playing songs and doing music online just because it felt like a nice way to have a creative outlet. And I didn't really have an expectation for people to listen. I just wrote songs because I enjoyed it and like sharing them with like the 300 people I had <laughs> following with me at the time. And um, so it was very strange when all of a sudden people started paying attention and um, listening to my music and sharing it. I just... I never would have thought music is the thing that would have taken off for me. Right. Yeah. And what I find interesting then is there comes a point where you start sharing more of yourself in yeah. music. You kind of uh, yeah, show a bit of your personality, mm -hmm. you kind of feel the, your thoughts and, and things, put some thoughts onto paper. Mm -hmm. What did that bring you or what did that give you, the, the ability to kind of get those thoughts out? Mm. I think it gave me like a really good emotional outlet. Like I was a teenager that I wasn't very close with a lot of people and I found close friends later on in life, but high school was really hard and, mm. and growing up is really hard <laughs> when you're a teenager. You just, you have so many things going on and you don't know how to talk about them and lyrics and songwriting gave me a way to express what I was thinking in my brain and, and it also allowed me to connect with other people that were going through the same thing. So it gave me... Um, like a online diary, and it also gave me a community of people as well. Mm -hmm. This might be a tricky question, then, but <laughs> what's... Because of the, I'm, I'm of a little bit of an older generation, and then the internet is, is kind of the thing now. It's, it's <laughs> definitely the way uh, you have that mm -hmm. platform, and, and there's so many possibilities. How did you approach it? Because I always find it interesting how uh, an artist goes from, well, I like music, I like drawing too, kind of, I'm going to put myself out there. I'm going to let myself be judged by people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that kind of mindset, mm -hmm. what compelled you to get those things out? I think it was really just finding other people that felt the same way. Like it's so liberating when you realize that you're not the only person that's going through what you're experiencing. And the internet is a way to bridge the divide between people, regardless of where you happen to be in the world. I mean, it's so crazy to me thinking about it, but your world is so small when you're a teenager. You're surrounded by the people you go to school with and your family, and that's pretty much it. And so it was so 
exciting for me when I found out that there were so many other people in the world and so many other people just like me. And um, songwriting was a way for me to find those people because I could sing about what I was thinking and then naturally other people would find those lyrics and be like, oh my gosh, I feel the same way. So I think being online is very natural, at least in, in my experience of growing up, because we all kind of gravitate towards social media and sure. the internet as a place to to find one another. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Was there anything, maybe a song in particular, that really kind of solidified this, this thought for you? Mm, I think it was when I released a song called Feelings Are Fatal, and that was, up until that point, I had been doing covers of songs, and then I had also been writing songs that kind of were supposed to be more like comedic songs, because <laughs> I wanted to talk about something, but I wasn't really comfortable with being super vulnerable with my emotions. and. Feelings Are Fatal was the first song that I think had lyrics where it wasn't trying to be funny, it wasn't trying to distract from what I was thinking about it. It was just like, I'm really sad and I don't know how to talk about it, I don't know how to open up to people and I feel like I'm the only one that feels this way. And I was not the only one that felt that way. There was lots of other people. And so um, that song I think was the first kind of okay, this is what I want to do. And this is perhaps a, a good segue, I suppose, <laughs> into Frown, because yeah. kind of the line in there and mm -hmm. the way it ends, uh, that song, it's okay to frown, yeah. so it's okay to kind of show that <laughs> vulnerability. Was that difficult to kind of, uh, yeah, put your soul out there in a way? I think it was, but I feel like, you know, I was oh, 17 years old when I put Feelings Are Fatal into the world, and. I was 21 when I wrote <laughs> Frown. I think that I've become a lot more comfortable mm. in my own sadness and, and sharing that with people. And then also to not be um, so stuck in the sadness that I feel. I think, you know, Frown is a really fun song. It's sure. so upbeat for talking about something that's <laughs> like so sad. And um, I think that was something that I really love. I love listening to happy music, even if I feel really sad one day. And um, it's been fun for me to grow up and understand my own feelings a little bit more so I can write about it in a way that can hopefully inspire other people to realize like you might have come from feelings are fatal but now you're at this place where you can you can frown and then it's okay and you can find happiness eventually. Oh, that's good to hear. What, 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 this might be difficult because it's almost <laughs> like uh, philosophical I suppose. <laughs> that's but okay. what, what gave you this confidence, what, what, mm -hmm. and was it kind of the, the, the yeah. millions and I suppose up to this point, uh -huh. billions of listeners? <laughs> um, I think it's probably therapy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like I've spent a lot of time, you know, at first I, I didn't go to therapy. I didn't have a space for me to talk about mm -hmm. my feelings. That was why the internet felt like a really good right. place for me because it was like shouting into space and nobody could respond back to me. But I got really lucky and people did respond <laughs> back to me when I was shouting. Um, but I think I've just spent a good number of years now really thinking about the feelings that I used to experience and knowing that I still feel the same thing sometimes, but that that is a very human part of sure. what I can go through. And um, it might not get easier all the time. It might get harder, but that that's okay. And there are tools for me out there and that, that I'm not the only one. I think. I think really what happened is, philosophically, <laughs> my world got a lot bigger. Mm. I wasn't just going to high school. I wasn't just, you know, around my family. I met, you know, new people that I work with. I met friends that live in Amsterdam. Like, you know, there's so many people that have contributed to helping me widen my perspective and understand that one feeling isn't 
the ultimate end sentence. It's just the beginning, and um, there's a lot more that you can experience. Right, and this you mentioned this strange kind of feeling of uh, strangeness as, as the success yeah. was coming. Um, but how do you look at it now? Do, can you make mm -hmm. sense of it? Because especially during uh, the past two years, mm -hmm. it's just a lot of numbers on the screen, I suppose. Yeah. So, so how do you make sense of it? I still don't. It's so hard. <laughs> I think, you know, it's so weird. You can, I feel like as humans, we're probably not <laughs> well equipped to translate like a number on a screen to an actual quantity of people. but. Playing shows has helped me a lot in understanding that and, and seeing people sing along and hearing them sing along to lyrics that I've written has been really rewarding and nice. And um, But it's still strange to me. I mean, even like I put on Twitter today, I was like, I'm in Amsterdam. And people were like, oh my gosh, I'm 20 minutes away from you. And I was like, that's so strange that someone lives 20 minutes away from where I am in this country I've never been to. Like, it's so strange. Um, so no, it doesn't get any more normal for me. <laughs> You seem like, a, obviously I don't know you, I just met you, but you seem like quite a down-to-earth person. Mm. Is it difficult? Do you feel pressure mm. because of this audience that you now have? I do some ways. I think, you know, I'm really lucky that I, I think it was an advantage almost to start when I was younger in some ways, even though there's also disadvantages when sure. you start when you're younger. I had no sense of self at that point. <laughs> um, I think that I've been allowed to grow up with my audience and change and, and you know, discover more about myself and I've watched them do the same thing. And so I think there's kind of an understanding that I'm going to be different in different parts of my life and, and that's okay because I've watched them find themselves and they're watching me also discover the same thing. So I think there are days where I feel pressured. I'm like, what if they're sad that I'm not making like ukulele music the same way that I used to? And that's a real fear. but. I also know that they just want me to be happy the same way that I want them to be happy. And I think we're all just rooting for each other and trying to support one another. Mm -hmm. That's very good to hear. Yeah. Mentioning change, and you kind of alluded to it in terms of the music, where, where it's heading. What, yeah. what gives rise to your kind of musical ideas these days? And how do you mm -hmm. see that development from when you were 16, uh, 17? Yeah. I think I really have the tools now in my like own vocabulary even mm. of describing what I want to make possible with my songs. Like when I started, I really I never stepped in a studio before. I'd never worked with a producer. I'd never been able to describe like, oh, I want this drum to sound like this. <laughs> It's just it was an impossible thing for me to do. And um, I think now I'm really lucky that I've worked with so many different amazing, incredible creative people that have helped me get the tool set that I need to make music that I really am excited about. And a lot of my inspiration actually for even this album was songs that I listened to growing up when I was like six years old. Okay. I listened to like nursery rhymes <laughs> and, and I went back to like Mamma Mia and listened to Eva songs to kind of inspire <laughs> me. Um, and that's the music that I think I, when I first discovered music, that was what I loved. And I still love to listen to those things, but I wanted to make songs that felt like nostalgic and reminded me of the very music that got me to love music in the first place. Um, so I looked really far back to try and find inspiration <laughs> and to use the tools that I've gained over the last few, few years to try and make that possible. Mm -hmm. Can you share one thing that you've kind of learned over, let's say, the past year in terms of, of musicality and your, particularly your own musicality? Yeah, hmm, my own musicality. I think I love, ooh, the one thing that I've learned. Hmm. 
auto-tune is so cool. <laughs> I think it's, I actually talked about this with a friend the other day. I, I just really, I think it's something that's looked down upon by a lot of people, but it's such a cool tool that you can use to express yourself vocally and also translate an idea to other people. And I don't use it very frequently, but I think it is so fun. And it was something that I, when I first started, I was like, oh, there's no way I could never use auto-tune. There's no way that I would do that. Feels like I'm, you know, lying to my audience, but it's not. It's just a way to accurately portray like what I'm trying to do with my voice if I need help with that or anything. But um, yeah, I love auditing. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned something interesting because the sound is very much expanded. Mm -hmm. It's very, very, very yeah. uh, fully produced mm -hmm. uh, now. So, so did it feel like a risk, as you mentioned, kind of okay? Mm -hmm. Am I abandoning my audience? Mm -hmm. Am I uh, abandoning my own kind of? sense of what music should be or was it more of a, an adventure? Mm. It was really scary in the beginning. Yeah. I think I've been very conscious of trying to kind of slowly transition my audience into expecting different music sounds mm -hmm. from me. I think it's it was when I started making music it was purely out of necessity that I was using like a ukulele sure. and singing. It was just the only thing that I knew how to do and now I get to work with producers to help me understand what kind of music I want to make but was scary when I was making, I think Sad Disco was the first song that I got to make from that record. And um, I remember being like, I love this song, but it feels so different to anything that anybody has ever heard from me. And it was exciting, but it was also so scary to think about, okay, what are they gonna think when this comes out? And I realized I was like, okay, it sounds different, but lyrically, I think things are very similar to the way that I've always written. And I think that part feels familiar. So. Hopefully people will be okay that the <laughs> lyrics are kind of the same. Yeah. So it's kind of Mamma Mia, but exactly. with interesting it's, lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. You mentioned the word nostalgia. One thing I noticed, especially in, in a couple of songs that I heard from the mm -hmm. upcoming record, is that you talk about age in a, in a sense. Mm -hmm. uh, in in that, or in Florida, you talk about people, I suppose people who move to Florida <laughs> to, to kind of yeah, on the back nine of their yeah. lives. Mm -hmm. And then in Dizzy, you also, I wrote down, uh, I'd give anything, anything to mm -hmm. feel my age. Mm -hmm. so, so this, you mentioned nostalgia. Well, what does age and growing older, is that something that occupies your mind? Oh, all the time. <laughs> I, I think over the last two years, especially with the pandemic, it's been something that I've thought about a lot is like this idea of mortality. And sure. um, I've had family members that have passed away. And so I've, I've thought very heavily about, you know, what does it mean to live life and to understand like, you know, my grandfather who Florida is about, and he was 81 when he passed and he still felt like he had so much that he wanted to do. And I was like, wow, I'm 21 and I'm already tired. Like, I just can't imagine you living 60 more years and you still feel like, oh, I didn't get enough time. And I'm like, I'm a suck. Um, and, you know, in Dizzy, it's just this question of like, will I ever feel like I'm where I am in my life? And I started the music industry when I was really young. I was 17 and I'm not much older now, but I felt like I had to be so much older than I was at that point to kind of keep up with people around me. And even now I'm at 21 and I still feel like I'm trying to make mm -hmm. myself kind of sprint to keep up with people. Um, so it's just this kind of always this question and the thought in the back of my mind of like, does it ever feel natural to just be where you are in your life and you're not rushing to get somewhere, you're not feeling like you need to go back. It's mm -hmm. like, it feels like it's always going to be like a, tug of war kind of thing, yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Do you have a vision then of what you want to do? Because as, as you mentioned, it kind of started, you kind of fell into it and then all the success happened. Do you have a kind of an idea of what you want to do? Um, what I wanted to do before music? No, or? no, what you want to do with mm, music now that you are here and obviously yeah. you, you already uh, mm. uh, made a graphic novel and all kinds mm. of things. So do you have kind of a sense of where you want to yeah. go with this? Um, very, very slight <laughs> sense. I think um, I really, really understood that being creative is something that I just love to do. So I want to do that for as long as I possibly can. But I think it's been so fun and interesting to even watch my own progression as an mm -hmm. artist because it's been such a journey. I would love to, I don't know, later down in my life, I'd love to help other people kind of make that happen for themselves. I mean, being creative and getting to do what I do is such a privilege. And if I can help someone else kind of build from the ground up of making a project and helping their creative vision come to life. That sounds really exciting to me. <laughs> so I just hope I, I can keep flexing my creative muscle. <laughs> yeah. You mentioned kind of the, the pressure that's, that is already put on you and you put, put on yourself yeah. and kind of feeling like you have to conduct yourself in a manner that's perhaps older than, than you are. Uh, what do you do to completely disconnect or plug, plug out for a minute? I play video games with my <laughs> friends. I love, like, I think I've found a lot of my close friendships actually over okay. the last two years, and that's just because we've been inside for so long. And so my main way of connecting with people outside of social media has been playing video games and, like, going back to the thing that I've played video games longer than I've played music. <laughs> so it's been something that has been I've always loved, and that's the way that I kind of unwind. I, like, play Mario Kart with my okay. boyfriend, or, like, I'll play... Wheel of Fortune with my brother and like <laughs> even my parents like will play online games together right. so that way we're connecting even though we're across the country from each other so that's my that's my unplugging activity of choice. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Maya, Maya, thank you for your time. Thank you so much for talking to me. Thank you. <laughs>